Welcome to Sword and Board. This is Luke. And I'm Lars. Uh, this is an attempt to rank every fantasy film made. Um, Lars, how are you doing? It's been a little while. It has been a little while. Life happens. Life, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we all can't just be off on a quest on stalking death. Um, we have other things to do. Um, and sometimes um, stuff gets busy, but it's uh, it's been really good. Um, good. We had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend and uh, spent it at the beach with my family and the kiddos. And then um, there's a couple that has a daughter that is Eleanor's age and a couple that has a daughter that's Eleanor's age and a son that's Elliot's age. So we were able to cool. all go down and share a house. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Fun. Cool. How about you? I, I'm doing good. I had to burn a bunch of vacation time this weekend. It's just awful. Just the worst thing to have to do. Like, I didn't have anything uh. to do, but if I, I'll lose it. So, oh no, had to take five days off. Terrible. Just the worst. That's That sounds like the worst thing ever. And I, I knowing you, I'm sure that it was a jam-packed five days where you did a lot of activities. You saw the sights. You had a lot of adventures. Or did you just stay home? Uh, well, actually, we did drive over to Pensacola for a day, which was Way. nice. There we go. Yeah. There's some yeah. personal growth. <laughs> <laughs> and got rakes worked on and cleaned up the apartment and did, did adult things that needed to get done. Rakes worked yeah. on. I love, I, I love that that's, um, I don't know how, how you feel about all this, but cars are, are one thing that I wish that I knew more about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, you went and you got your brakes worked on. I don't know what that process is. They could just be like tapping them and like with a magic wand and that's what makes it work. No yeah. idea. Um, a friend of mine has been slowly showing me more about this because he's a mechanic. It's like one of his hobbies. And so he's been showing me kind of how to do certain things. And so it's like, yeah, I know how to change my oil, but I also don't have the materials to do it. So I still have to go to get it changed. Like I can't, I can't get under the car to do, to unloosen the thing. Yeah, I know how to do it. Can't. Yeah. I know how to change, I know how to change brake pads. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's frustrating. That's for, and I, I feel like there, I'd rather just not know. Just don't. I don't even want to know because then I'm just gonna be frustrated that I know how to do this, but then I'm paying somebody to ha- go out, go do it. That yeah. would be frustrating, and that, then my cheapness would would come out. Yeah. So had um, had macaroons for the first time this weekend, which was nice. Like those those egg what? cookies, macaroons. You know, the, like the the egg and cream cookies. The little those French are really things? Good. Yeah, those are really good. This is your I've first time it. having a macaroon. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, that's a, that's a nice. big weekend. <laughs> yeah, I am a monster who needs to die. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, are there other pastries on your list? So, okay, so macaroons were the thing that you had this weekend. What's another food that you've never had that you've always wanted to try, but you've never gotten around to it? Indian food. Bull- like, go to like, go to, like, an mm-hmm. actual Indian. I've never been to an Indian restaurant. Oh, you got to go? They're wonderful. I've been to Love Thai food. There's a great um, shawarma place near us, and I've had Israeli food, and it's really good. Not saying in any way, shape, or form those are the same. I'm just trying to say I have a, a broad cultural palate when it comes to food. Never had Indian food. But never gone and had Indian food. Oh, you're missing out. Indian food is one of our favorites. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I am morbidly curious to try, is it a durian or durian fruit? The fruit that... Oh, God, this is super smelly. You can't... You can't bring it on subway cars because it smells so bad. I I just want to try it. I just want to. I'm it's really interested. Delicious. It's apparently delicious. It's just it smells off. Right. So that that's oh. my my thing. So I think oh. that yours is more easily attainable. <laughs> um, I'm. 
I've seen when when we visited um was it when we visited mom and dad or we went somewhere a couple of years ago and saw one in a grocery store and we just looked at each other like do we want to do we want to bite the bullet on this we didn't have you ever had jackfruit uh yes okay what'd you think of that it was okay yeah that was that was our thing was I don't know if I want to have this again but it's okay um, oh and I baked I baked a couple of loaves of bread this week nice because that's what that's what I do now. That's what you do. You watch fantasy movies and bake loaves of bread. So you're basically preparing for when you would be in a fantasy movie right. and you'd be the baker in the village well, that it's, gets burnt it's, down by the dragon. Exactly. <laughs> burnt down the dragon or the barbarian horde. It's one right. or the other. One or the other. Or the, um, or the barbarian horde on back of dragons. It's just the ah, the worst of all things. Yes. Um, so we're catching up now. So we, we last left us, what, is the, what were the ones that we talked about last time? Um, Ator the Fighting Eagle and Deathstalker 2. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that both of these are going to be much higher on the list <laughs> yeah, than I those. Mm-hmm. So um, where do we want to start? We, um, I'll go this first. Okay. I'll go this yeah. first time. So I picked Dragon Slayer. So Dragon Slayer in doing a little bit more research about it was surprisingly, it's a Disney movie. Yeah, it's from 1981, yep. and I, I remember watching the end of this growing up, and the only thing I remember was the king stab a dragon corpse. Oh, see, I, I remembered, the the thing I remembered was he had to make a shield out of dragon scales because the dragon scales were going to be flame-proof, mm-hmm. right? You know, so he that's what he yeah. had to make a shield out of. We'll, we'll get to the shield and the you know, down the line, because I had some notes about that. But this was a very interesting movie. It was not a Disney movie in the sense of what a Disney movie is. <laughs> it was just produced by Walt Disney and Paramount. So I think Par- like they purposely held back from, hey, it's a Disney movie, because it's not. <laughs> um, it's a really good-looking movie. Yeah. Um, so A to B plot, there's like a sorcerer's apprentice that almost kind of hood, like cons his way into helping this band of people that have come that they came to ask the wizard for help defeating a dragon so this dragon there's a king that has um made a deal with the dragon i'm going to give you a virgin every six months I think. six months or yeah something yeah there's twice a year or whatever um and the dragon will be appeased he won't come and burn the village he'll just eat the virgin and this band of people have come to ask this wizard hey can you come and slay this dragon that way we don't have to do this this lottery thing anymore mm-hmm. and the wizard wizard dies the wizard apprentice decides to take on the cause and ends up having to you know slay the dragon basically right that's it um, but there's a lot of interesting things going on so first off it's a really cool looking movie um it's really Peter, heavy. It's a very like, heavy movie. That's the best way um, to describe it because its its visuals are very. I don't want to say realistic because I hate that phrase, but it's very. Um, everything has weight to it, even like the dragon puppets. You know, like everything uh, felt heavy and and weighty to it. I think is the word I'm trying to look we're all used to it. Well, it had a presence. It wasn't you yeah. know the the um it, it's go motion special effects for the dragon. Which is Phil Tippett? He did. Um, no, Phil Tippett. He's, did this? Yeah. He's, oh, he's rad. The, so in Jurassic Park, Sam Neill says, "You know, what does this mean for us?" And Ian e. Malcolm says, "Well, you're extinct." And famously, Spielberg copped that line from Tippett because Phil Tippett had done a test footage of of the Jurassic Park dinosaurs using go motion, so stop motion animation. But there's a blur to it. Mm-hmm. So you know, most stop motion animation before that, it's really jerky and go motion there's like a camera blur in between the the shots so it, it feels more like they're actually fluidly moving mm-hmm. and when phil Tippett saw the computer image computer generated graphics he was like well now i'm extinct 
Um, so before that, he did Dragon Slayer, and I I will admit the flying around dragon eh, didn't look so great. But when it's crawling out of its cave, mm-hmm. like that looked awesome. That looked like they had just filmed like a lizard doing it, you know. But it was actually a puppet. Like that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, the puppet cut like thing, and then it just looked great. I I I've described it as it's a really metal fantasy movie, particularly for one that's made by Disney, even though it's not a Disney movie. I uh. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked that it played around with a lot of little expectations of things, where Peter McNichol Galen has a love interest, and she's been hidden from, from the lottery because uh, her family has disguised her as a boy this whole time. And it comes out that she's a girl, and, oh, she's beautiful, oh, they have a love interest kind of thing. And then if you come to find out that they didn't kill the dragon, it's it's gone away, and it comes back. And so they have to restart the, the lottery, and so standard fantasy trope would say that she's now the next one to get sacrificed because that's how things go, right? Right. And then it turns out that the princess whose father had pulled her name out of the, the thing the entire time has rigged it so that she gets picked instead, which I didn't see coming, which I thought was a nice switch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. I uh, Was this Peter McNichol's first movie? I think so. And I kept waiting for his nose to start whistling like it did on Ally McBeal or for him to start talking about Vigo the Carpathian. And I wonder wonder if that is like the doom of a character actor, is that if you play a very well-known, or like a, a, at least a very memorable character, I never saw him as Galen, I saw him as, oh, there's Peter McNichol. Well, no, I actually, I, I am a very big proponent of animation, as we talked about in our Beowulf episode, and mm-hmm. being able to figure out who a voice is somehow makes a movie more real to me. Like, I appreciate it more if I can, like, oh, it's that guy. All right, well, I know that I'm in for this. Same thing mm. with a character actor. I can, like, oh, man, it's that guy. I love that guy actors. Or you point out, like, and then you have to, you kind of have to mm-hmm. think about it. Like, uh, Peter McNichol is a nice, like, oh, he's that kind of nebbish guy. Uh, Clancy Brown is, you know, hey, do you need a very big, imposing dude with a great voice? Right. So, okay. quick so- yeah, like, who is the that guy actor? Who's your favorite that? And who's the most that guy when anytime you see him, you're like, oh, hey, it's that guy. You have yet to learn his name. Uh, speaking of Ghostbusters 2, it's the guy that um, Bill Murray interviews at the beginning of the movie. I don't know what his name is, but um, he was the dad in Small Soldiers. He was the dad in... Transformers. I think he was the dad in Transformers. Yep. Um, that's... That guy. Oh, oh, God. I actually used to know his name. <laughs> he's he's between... Kevin Pollock and Oliver Platt. Like, if on the yeah. that scale. Yeah, he's, he's in between those two guys. I'd say, for me, it's Will Patton. He was in... He was in Armageddon. He was in... Uh, yeah, I know I know who Will Patton is. Yeah. yeah. He's, got, he's a, got a very, like, Texas-y... Like, yeah. Yeah, oh, he yeah. was the he was the co- he was the coach in um, Remember the Titans. Yep, yep, yep. And he's got that kind of like, oh, hey, it's him. And he's just always in the background. And he plays a really he does a nice, respectable job, <laughs> and then puts in his hours and leaves. Oh, God, what is that other guy? Your guy's name? Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Okay. He was in Dave. He was in um. He's on Veep. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, he's been on a bunch of stuff. It's just like, oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. I like him. Yeah. And then there's the the you know the greatest that guy actor ever. You know. Peter Stormare. Who? Uh, that Russian guy. I don't know who you're talking about. He, um, Peter Stormare plays basically every Russian guy ever. He's the Russian guy in um, in Armageddon. Oh, that guy. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Got yeah. It. He's he is just a, a delight in every movie he's in. But back to Dragonstone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right, right. I thought this was really. I I liked. I just liked it all around. Like I was. I watched it going into it. Like I don't remember this at all, and I don't think I'm going to like this because it's. From thirty, from nearly forty years ago, and 
and uh, mm-hmm. it's just, but no, it was really good. I was very impressed with how good it was. Um, yes, there's some things. Um, we're coming on the heels of the end of Game of Thrones, and we're not. I'm not going to get into that. That that's, just, that's a thing that, that we're. I don't want to talk about it. Just whatever. <laughs> Everybody else talked about it. I don't give a shit. One of the people's. One of the person's name was Valerian. Mm-hmm. One of the the bad guy's name was Tyrion, and it was like, is did George R. R. Martin like rip this one off? Um, in, I thought uh, that was the, interesting. The dragon in this, Lena Thorax. So. I know we don't want to talk about Game of Thrones, but yeah. in the first season, the series is talking about is listing off the names of dragons. To mm-hmm. uh, one of the names he says is is Vermithorax. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty certain there was some kind of cross pollination, but I don't mm. know. also I really like yeah. like as weird as it sounds, the princess Elspeth. Yeah. That's a, the Scottish version of Elizabeth, and I kind of like that as a name. It's just an odd thing even. Mm, I like that. We talked about how this was not a Disney movie, but it kind of is like a Disney movie in the sense of Watchers in the Woods. The Watcher in the Woods was a Disney movie. You remember the Watcher in the Woods? I'm drawing a blank and I'm looking it up. Betty Betty Davis. It's like a really creepy British movie. Like there's there's it's basically like there's an alien in the woods. But oh yeah. I like that movie a lot, and that's what this kind of kept reminding me of. It's like, if this is a Disney movie, it's in that vein of, we can treat our kids a little smarter, and they can handle some scarier stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that first dragon attack is pretty scary. Yeah. Like, it is, it, it's legit horror movie stuff. Like, the, the princess, or the, the virgin, is, like, trying to get out of these bonds, and she's like, her hands are bleeding, and she's screaming, and then, you know, the dragon comes and gets her, and... The dragonettes. Those, uh, they were, it could be just special effects failure, but the puppets and the, the faces on the, the little dragon babies were super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine shows up as a priest. Um, Ian and, McDermott. And he, he dies. Um, and good on him. And good on him. So back to, I, I initially said that the thing I remembered the most about this movie was, you know, he, he had to make, they had to harvest, or they had to go pick up the scales of the dragon to make a shield. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be fireproof. But when he goes to fight the dragon, and, and first off, the sound design is also awesome in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. So like when he's, the, like they're slamming the stakes in, you know, preparing for the princess's sacrifice, and like... The sound of the fire igniting, like the, it just, it's really great. And mm-hmm. when there's this great shot, Peter McNichol, so basically he's a fraud. He says, you know, I've, I've cast the dragon away. The dragon wakes up, comes back, kills everybody, you know, burns everything down. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, I'm going to, I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to go, I'm going to be a dragon slayer. I'm going to go kill the dragon. And he, he goes in, he, Freeze the princess that is sacrificed is going to sacrifice herself. He goes into the dragon's lair. Right. And that bit of him, like, there's a shot where he he looks down in the dragon's lair for the first time, and like it pans across the water, and mm-hmm. like the water starts lighting on fire. That was so cool. And then the dragon starts blasting him with fire, and his little shield it just looks so small. Like I, I kept thinking, yeah, maybe he's not getting a direct blast, but that fire's leaping over all the other sides. He'd be burnt to a crisp still. That yeah, fa- but that shield needed to be a, like double the size. It needed to be a lot bigger for me to believe that. This wasn't will- big enough. I'm willing to say it, he's also sort of a magician, and it's it's one of those things yeah. that I'm, I'm willing to like. Okay, this this earned enough credit for the rest of the movie that I'm willing to let. It's amazing what I'm willing to let slide if the rest of the movie or if the rest of the movie gives it um, builds up goodwill. Like, okay, you've earned that little bit right there, and the rest of the movie kind of had. I feel like. Uh, love the music in it. 
and that that bit when he goes and the love interest's father was a, was the blacksmith, and he's like, "Yeah, I built a spear to kill it, Sicarium Dracoris, which is just rad, and it's it's um it's he has to keep it underwater because it's too powerful, and they pull it out, and there's that whole epic sound while they're pulling it out, which I thought was great. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I it just there was a lot of neat moments in it, and. I don't understand why the wizard had to come back and, like, you know, they had to blow up the amulet. Like, there's just, it kind of went on too long. I did love the dragon, like, the king stabbing the dragon after it's dead and him being proclaimed as a dragon slayer. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um, they get to ride off into the sunset on their horse. You know, it, it all wraps up in a nice little bow. I mean, it, it was good. It was a neat-looking movie. There's some cool moments. I don't know if it's, it'll never crack the top of the, the list that we're gonna be on this is gonna definitely be kind of a, a middling movie in yeah. the end but it was it was entertaining i mean it, it was definitely the parts that i remembered there, there's a reason why i remember them after 30 years right yeah. because it's that there's certain images that are just really striking and the fact that it had a pretty decent story to go along with it made it really enjoyable yeah i agree um, uh, you know it had it had its problems and there's some things that i would have like to have seen more of and kind of a, a little bit tighter story kind of meanders a little bit but overall pr- pretty solid movie yeah and i like the i like the ending as you said where they were where they're riding off and he he actually might be a magician because he he summons the summons horse. the horse yeah it's like oh did the horse just show up or did he actually do that i, I like that but no i thought that was really good well yours now Okay, so I found um, Solomon Kane, which is based off of um, Robert E. Howard, the guy who wrote Conan and Call the Conqueror. It's this whole hyper-dark... It's like if Van Helsing was played straighter, and it wasn't as campy. Yeah, he even looks like him at some points when he's Yeah, 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 it's the long hair, the hat, and, um, well, I mean, he's played by James Purfoy, who is the working man's Gerard Butler, who himself is a Diet Coke Hugh Jackman. There we go. <laughs> I was going to say, did you forget that it was not Gerard Butler? I know. Butler, yeah, no, there's, 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 there's a couple You're really of... screwing up all over the place with this one. <laughs> no, no, that one wasn't, that wasn't a screw up there. I, like, I've thought about this. James Purvoy, he is, he shows up in a lot of stuff in the background as a, huh, is that Thomas Jane? No, that's James Purvoy. Well, who's James Purvoy? Well, you get him when you can't get Gerard Butler, and you only get Gerard Butler when you can't really get Hugh Jackman. But Gerard gotcha. Butler has Gerard Butler has a better has had a better career, so less so now. Regardless, well, and he uh, so so James Purfoy, um, he was also, he was the bad like the bad guy on that show, The Following, and he um, was he played Lot in the um, the Stars Camelot series that lasted for a season, um, mm. and he's on Altered Carbon, which is wait he played movie. wait he, wait what was his character's name? He played uh like Lot L O T um from Camelot. Yes, from Cam. Well, not it's not. So, so to who me. who who plays Cama? <laughs> um, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You derailed everything. I don't know where I'm going with this. I was really impressed because it's it's not the same kind of a. It's more of a horror fantasy than anything, and it's really dark and just gross. But it's got all, so many great character actors and. The character actors and real actors like Max von Sydow shows up, which just okay. He, I, I suppose yeah. in his, I suppose in his, you know, his the twilight of his career, he's able to pick whatever roles he wants because why wouldn't you? I mean, he's well, in like Skyrim. The, like the woman that played the Borg Queen shows up. Alex Krieg, Pete, Pete Postlethwaite, like who 
is an Academy Award winning or at least nominated actor. Like, I mean, we're talking like these are people that are in stuff. Yeah. Including um, the Hound. Yep. <laughs> this is a Game of Thrones week, man, and I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. But he's in this like Game of Thrones somehow pops up into this too. Game of Thrones is everywhere. Yeah, it's and luckily it's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's so many little bits to it that I thought were great. And it's got really interesting visuals. Like the whole Hall of Mirrors thing. With all the I like the that with the demons pulling them into the into the mirrors. That was really cool. And they're just like, and they looked really. The mirrors looked organic and bony, which was cool. So t- tell me, so what, what's the again? What's the whole plot? A to B. A to B. Um, he's a mercenary who who has been killing and pillaging for years against the uh, Moors, and then he gets found by Satan or the Grim Reaper and said, "You're gonna die. Your soul's gone." He decides to forsake his violent ways to live in monastery. Monks kick him out. He uh, decides to. He gets uh, sent to go home, or told to go home. He meets up with some pilgrims. Because that's one of the things about the Solomon King is that he's a, he's a Puritan. So he's got a buckle helmet, buckle hat kind of mm-hmm, thing. Right. So he meets, he meets some pilgrims who are going west, and it's never, speci- I can't remember if they're actually heading to America or if they're just heading west in England. And they get attacked by some bandits, and there's bandits everywhere, and they kill most of the family. And he has that really great line about how they're going to kill the little girl or take the little girl as, like, if I kill you, my soul's damned, and that soul's bound for hell, and that's a price I'm gladly going to pay. Okay. Right. That's a pretty rad line. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just a badass, fillets a bunch of people, and he goes to his ancestral home, and that's where the bad guy has been living the whole time. And he was kicked out of his ancestral home because he killed his brother by pushing him off a cliff. And it turns out that his father's still alive, and his father made a deal with not the devil to bring his son back to life. And that's in the uh, and he's running the the demon cult kind of. And there's like a rebellion with the hound and another character actor who shows up on stuff from time to time, Philip Winchester. And it just it, it ends up with a big fight scene against a giant flaming again was not expecting but pretty cool and it was just yeah this was like a like a good solid knockoff van helsing without it being van helsing yeah it was i thought it was interesting to see the you know magic with a specific time period most fantasy is always out of time like Mm -hmm. when's when does conan take place the hyperborean age right okay (laughs) right you know or like when uh, when does dragon slayer take place you know when when does lord of the rings take place i know it's you know at the end of this age but there's no like time yeah but there's a time stamp from the beginning of the movie yeah and it's tied to a specific time and it's tied to a specific religion and you know it's it was just interesting that they seeing them ramp up the magical parts of faith that is still around Mm -hmm. that made it even more compelling, I thought. You know, it, it was it wasn't just oh now there's magic mm-hmm. in this hyper hyperbole. Blah, blah, blah. No, in sixteen oh eight, this is what ha- you know. It was just I don't know. I, I that was kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. It was a nice different you know something different to do. Gareth shows up from the office, the UK office, oh, and he's God, like I a preacher it. that has this like flock of of zombie people. So mm-hmm. a couple couple zombie movies already in in our fantasy yeah there's no amazons in this one though there's no amazons in this one there's no rape there is child death which pretty gruesome child death we're we're killing kids we're gonna kill kids that's fine i liked initially it it felt like almost like a pirate fantasy movie because he's you know he's got the ships and the harbor and then it turns into it's a puritan fantasy movie still 
really both cool things. And I even wrote down to so the bad guy, like I wrote, oh, cool villain with the scripture on the side of his face. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. The CGI at the end, it quickly devolves into a, an asylum movie. Yeah, but I can, it's where they were running out of money, or at least oh, they were where, they were right. running out of out of at least um. It sucks because most of the movies, like I, I hate the phrase practical effects for a lot of reasons. I hate I hate practical effects culture for some in a, in a weird way. But it's practical effects and it's design and it's art design looks really good. And they spent a lot of, if not money, they had some really talented people who were making that cohesive. And they weren't able to get the same quality of people for their computer side of it. But it could also be that this is from nearly ten years ago and it's a bit dated. Right. And, uh, yeah, it kind of devolved, like, the, the fire demon at the end was kind of like, okay, you're a little bit cheesy, but you're also, I'm still here for it, because I've enjoyed most of this so far. Right. And, and the thing with the witch girl was just really unsettling, I thought. Like, she was, like, I liked how that played out, and how, how I, they rescue a little witch girl, they rescue a little girl whose family's been killed by witches, and her whole village is built by, by a witch, and... Solomon realizes that she's actually the witch, and she's just she sells it pretty well. I thought. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know. This was it was. It's funny, you know, when I suggested my movie, I'm like, oh well, this is an actual movie because it's a thing that was released to people. Yeah. And then when you suggested your movie, I was like, oh, he's found yeah. another one on on Amazon he's, Prime. <laughs> God damn it, he's found another one. No, there was um, it was just really good. I, yeah. I, I actually like I liked yours more than mine. Really? Yeah. I think you did a better job this week. Okay. Well, that's. Uh, I'm in a charitable mood. I, I'm I'm feeling good. I just got coming back from the beach. Everything's <laughs> everything's still everything's still Jimmy Buffett at my world right now. So have you ever have you ever watched um, the show The League? Yes. I just remember anytime I think about the beach is just when um, the guy breaks up with his wife and says being with her was like being at the beach. There's so many things you forgive because you're you're at the beach. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, like and um, I just I'm not a fan of the beach because I, I don't like hot weather and it's just <laughs> or the or the, the or the sun <laughs> or the sun and there's sand it's coarse and terrible it gets everywhere. Oh no! <laughs> oh, well, you just brought up Attack of the Clones. Now I'm back from the beach. <laughs> that's the worst. It's probably the worst of the Star Wars movies. It is, and and that's so. Not to get off on a random tangent, everybody always, you know, lambasts. Oh, the Phantom Menace, the Phantom Menace. Nope, the worst one is, is prob- the second one. It's probably That's Attack of the, the worst one. <laughs> now the I'm worst. I'm one of the people who um, for, sorry I'm one of the no, people who despised Force Awakens for a lot of reasons. I would still probably rather watch Force Awakens than um, Attack of the Clones because that's right at the bottom. That's just Hayden Christensen. He is he's an okay actor, but George Lucas's dialogue is pretty awful. Now that's been throughout the entire series. His dialogue's bad, but they had be- but they had better actors to to punch it up a little bit. Yes, and Hayden Christensen is not. Do you think? Um, so what if George Lucas had written either Dragon Slayer or Solomon Kane? Like what? Which one would he he be better suited at? Dragon Slayer. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that at least has has some elements of Campbell's Heroes Quest, at least our Heroes Journey, and Lucas is better at that. At least a more regular format of a film, a more pl- uh, A to B plot with less complexity. Yeah, Sol- Solomon Solomon Kane is a little more, more complex, right? I mean, there's, there's right. he's the he's almost like a reluctant hero at first, but then when he's like kind of forced into it, he, do- he doesn't necessarily dive back into his old ways. 
right either, though like he wants to stay out of it he wants to stay out of it he's forced into it he begrudgingly goes about his duty but it, it's right i don't know i was surprised by it i i um where, where are we at list wise like how, okay so 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 you you pick a reference point and let's let's start from there. go from there okay um is let's start with dragon slayer okay uh i'm looking at the list and we have another dragon movie on there dragon fire this was better than dragon fire okay above that is the never ending story better than never definitely better than never ending story Beowulf. Uh, I had more fun watching Beowulf. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I had the same as well. I'm thinking that that's a good spot for that one. So at least right now, Dragon Slayer is at number four. So what's above um, Beowulf? Stardust. Uh, so, then, so so it's Return of the King, Stardust, Beowulf, Beowulf. Dragon Slayer, and um, I put I put Solomon Kane in between uh, Beowulf and Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I'd put that as well. Solomon Kane not as fun as Beowulf. Certainly not as good as Stardust. No, no, but I still uh, of the two movies that we watched this this time. Yes, yeah, I think that those that's that's a good, I, good I spot for him. Well, cool. This was this was a, an enjoyable week. There's been weeks where I have not wanted to see your stupid face because that yeah. means that I have to talk about these awful, yeah, I, goddamn movies. Yeah. Um, this was when I was. It was a. It was a nice. Nice it was a nice change of pace to like, hey, I get to talk to Lucas about movies this week because we actually watched ones that were worth talking about. <laughs> You know, yeah. and it, because other than that, I really have nothing to say to you. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it was, this has worked out pretty well. So, <laughs> this worked out okay. So, at, um, at number four, now we've got Solomon Kane, and at number five, we've got Dragon Slayer. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hopeful that regardless of where you ended up with your feelings on Game of Thrones, you should check out these two Game of Thrones tangential movies somehow. Yeah. Um, both of them, um, both of them were were pretty solid. And it's not. It's not fantasy. eight year investment for 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 an ending. It, it's not. It's not eight years. Some of the movies that we've watched can feel like eight years uh-huh. that you're watching, but these these will these will tide you over. These are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, they they both get my my thumbs up. Yeah. Cool. So. Uh... Got anything else for, th- for this week? No, nothing for this. Um, just some solid movies, and uh, hope uh, hope you're continuing to uh, to enjoy our podcast. Sorry for the the, the delay, but uh, hopefully you tell your friends, and uh, we'll we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on Twitter at Sword in Boardcast, and uh, I've got the uh, list updated at, on Letterboxd at Sword. Just search Sword and Board as well. You can do that. Hope you guys have a good night. Bye. Bye.